Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my stuff at joehaggerty.substack.com. Sign up for a premium membership. You get all of my NHL and Bruins stuff sent directly to your inbox. I also file uh, columns after every game uh, at the Boston Sports Journal. So go to bostonsportsjournal.com. Check out all my thoughts and analysis on uh, what I was watching the night before. And that's absolutely what we will talk about today. I have as my guest here, Mick Collagio. Mick, a uh, longtime friend and colleague. Tell them, tell everybody where they can find your stuff, buddy. Rinkwrap uh, on game nights. I do a blog. It's uh, rinkwrapmc.com. And I link to it on Twitter and Facebook at Mick Collagio. If you can see that on the bottom left of my screen, that's how you spell it. Mick like Jagger and C-O-L-A-G-E-O. Um, and I'm also contributing a weekly weekend column to bostonhockeynow.com. And uh, in the, I guess, money power issue of the hockey news just came out, and I do the Bruins bits for those seasonal uh, issues. Good stuff, Mick. Love it. Um, always check out his stuff, guys. Let's also thank our sponsors, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, right now, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Um, app is easy to download, spreads, player props, over-under, so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get going with FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Network. Uh, let's also thank Factor Meals, America's one number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Delicious meals ready in two minutes. Um Looking for calorie-conscious options? They have those. Delicious dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. That makes the missus very happy that that option is there. Uh, so visit factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. All right. A um, couple of... Uh, I mean, I you knew um, this road trip was going to be difficult for the Bruins. Um, starting with that, uh, that game in Tampa, I think it was like five games in nine days or something like that. Um, very, you know, against good teams, against largely playoff caliber teams, Colorado, uh, Arizona's around the playoff structure this year, Vegas, Tampa, obviously. Uh, so you knew this was going to be a tough stretch. You kind of know at this time of year, you also know, um, when you're playing a lot of games and not much, not many days, this is when you start to see the injuries happen. This is when guys get hurt when they're really physically getting uh, pushed and tested hard. Um, so, you know, what we've seen the last couple of games is the, the Bruins are gritting their way through um, a tough stretch to at least get points in these losses. Um, but they're also losing the war of attrition right now. Brandon Carlo goes down on Monday night with an upper body injury um last night uh against the coyotes they end up getting a point out of that game did not play great in that game um i i thought they you know and they didn't play particularly great in colorado either but they still managed to get points in both of those games um but linus Allmark goes down in overtime uh it, you know look lower body looked like a groin the way he went down and the way he was stretching out to try to make that save and matt potra also gets hurt looked like a shoulder when he was trying to make a hit um, so, you know, there's a I, I, high concern level right now, I think just because of the guys that are injured, uh, the stretch that they're in and they're really pushing themselves hard now to get points. And I feel like this is when we start to see this team go into one of those funks is when they're pushed this hard 
And then all of a sudden we start to see them not have anything in the tank and they need a lot in the tank to compete and win in the NHL. Um, and I think we may be on the, the precipice uh, of seeing another stretch like that, just based on all the circumstances we're seeing here. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see them bad habit their way into some lopsided losses. Famous last words going into Vegas. But um, I, I think that they uh, the game in Colorado, my impressions of that was is that they were trying to play at a higher tempo because they knew that's how the avalanche play. So they were consciously trying to do everything fast beyond they were stepping all over the edge of their fastest. And as a result, they were somewhat sloppy, irrespective of anything Colorado did. Uh, it just seemed like they were hurried about everything they did. It just looked to me like there was a, a subconscious, if not conscious effort for them to increase their tempo beyond what they truly are. Um, in the short minutes that I was able to see the end of last night's game, I could not believe how many chances they left on the table. And I agree. I, I understand that both Marshan and most recently Pasternak are elite goal scorers in, in the world. And they have a tendency to look like they're not trying when things don't go the way they want them to go. Well, no, no, nothing will ever look as much like that as Pasternak's shootout attempt in Colorado, which was, <laughs> I yeah, understand I, what he was doing. He's trying to look nonchalant and sort of fake the goalie, lull him into like opening up the five hole and, you know, being yeah. concerned about everything else. And I get what he's doing, yeah. but when you do something like that and it doesn't work, it yeah, looks horrible. It looks <laughs> terrible. That'll go down as like the worst shootout attempt that Pasternak will ever have in the history uh, of of his NHL career, unless he does what Marshan did in Philly that uh, time and just misses the puck and graces oh, the puck as he's that, going that in to try, was... to try to shoot it. But but you're right. I mean, yeah. they can look, uh, especially Pasta. He can look very nonchalant sometimes, or look like he's not, you know, uh, not not giving it everything he's got uh, when he's doing these things. And I think that is just like sort of, you know, a fake or, a, or some kind of an attempt. I think that's what he's trying to do, but it doesn't always work. And it looks bad when it doesn't work. Yeah, it goes with the territory. I accept it. But man, is it hard on the eyes. I mean, <laughs> it just felt like there was so many. It was nice to see them bear down on a couple of those. Maybe they get out of there with two points. You know, but uh, it just wasn't there. And um, I'm looking at some of the minuses here as a result. It seems like, they, you know, they're working themselves into a corner where they can only score in power plays. And and if you do that, then everybody comes up with minuses, um, even if you win. Well, in this case, well, they didn't. Well, that's Mick. That That is what we've seen when, like, the schedule starts to catch, catch up to them and when they start to struggle is uh, – they rely too much on the goalies. They get a little lax defensively and allow um, odd man rushes and, and really good chances for the other team. They can't score five on five. They have a hard time scoring five on five. They become much too reliant on the power play and on Pasternak and Marshan uh, for everything that they're doing offensively. Um, and, and like I said, I, I see that, you know, I, I feel like I'm seeing that trend going in that direction again. And I think it's just a by, you know, people 
fans, I think, don't understand or don't appreciate how hard the travel is, how difficult it is to play a lot of games in a short amount of time. Um, you know, those pockets of the NHL schedule where it becomes really hard for them, how much that impacts what we see on the ice, the level of play that they're able to bring. And especially a team like this where, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say they're super talented. And I think a lot of it is, you know, work and effort and energy that they're putting into it um, that's allowing them to win these games. I don't think they're just like blowing teams away by sheer talent of what they're putting on the ice. I think there's more to it than that. And when they can't bring all of that, I think it really levels things off as far as uh, the playing field goes and and sometimes puts them at a disadvantage. So, I, like, I give them credit for uh, getting points in the last couple of games. And I think what you said about Colorado is true. And I think that's natural. I think anytime you're going to play like guy, a guy like Nathan McKinnon, you're going to up your speed game and you're going to feel like you have to up the tempo and kind of match what he's doing. And, you know, when you watch Nathan McKinnon out on the ice, the Boston Bruins are not going to be able to match what he's doing out there. Like he's just, he had his good legs the other night when the Bruins were playing Colorado and he was flying all over the place. Sometimes and like, he's coming straight at you. He plays through the game. That's why he's such a joy to watch. McKinnon's a special player. He's, he's really fun. He is. And, and he had Renton the good stuff. Renton's a beast. He is. You know, he's like a modern day Yari Curry. Yeah. I mean, they've got talent. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, they're a playoff team and that was, that was a tough game for them. And the altitude uh, plays into it as well. I think that's a challenge for them too. The NFL season is wrapping up and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. How high is your concern level? Um, 
just the injuries. Uh, the the one I, obviously Allmark they're gonna miss a, if he's out for a, a period of time. Um, but they have Swayman. He can step up. I think he's ready to handle more of a workload. The problem is if he's playing every game, you're going to start to see the schedule wear down on him too. And I wonder how that's going to affect him. And that, I think that's going to be interesting to watch. And I actually think that's a good thing in some ways for the Bruins that they might have a stretch where they can see Swayman kind of take on a number one goalie's workload and see how he responds to that and see if he's able to do that and how he manages that. Um, so I think this might be, this might be helpful as far as a window goes to open up, to project what he might look like if you did go with him as your number one, and you did change the way the goalie situation is after this season. Um, so that might be like a, a positive or something they can, you know, take some information from, um, over the next few weeks, if indeed, uh, Allmark is banged up and, and can't play. Um, and you were going to expect like he's legit injured if he's coming out of an overtime game, you know, and he had to be helped off the ice. Um, and the other one's Brandon Carlo, uh, workhorse, you know, plays top four minutes, plays 20 minutes a night, uh, a, a warrior on the penalty kill. Um, if he goes out and he's missing a long period of time, all of a sudden you start to see the minutes go up for Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm consistently. And it's not just, 25 here 26 there then they're back down in the mid 20s or the the low 20s you're seeing them consistently 25 to 30 minutes every night now uh with carlo out and i think it's going to be like that until he comes back and now uh this is the other and i've harped on this a lot you know they're getting points and they're they're competing but like they're riding some of their horses really hard right now pasta and had like 27 minutes of ice time last night he was yeah now let's assume that Four and a half of that was in overtime. Still, it's still, still that's a lot. You know, that's 23 minutes in regulation. Well, this is kind of a trend around the league, and it's been going on not as much with the Bruins until really recently, but maybe about a month ago when the playoff picture became apparent post-Thanksgiving, post-American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and uh, and a lot of teams will play in these, their stars, their forwards, defenseman like minutes or defenseman playoff game like minutes and just going outside the box it's almost like the latest coaching trend that Patrick Y ushered in the trend of pulling the goalie before you get down to a minute and 15 yeah and and uh and now we get coaches I don't know who this first who was to really start going crazy like this but the trend became obvious uh this year that everybody's on this bandwagon where we all have to play our stars like we're a basketball team. And uh, and and this is, um, they can take it. We're not practicing that much. Get good rest. They'll be professionals. It takes its toll. Yeah, that's that's so, the concern. Is like, you can do it, but like, is that going to affect how much they have in the tank down the stretch going into the playoffs? I think so. I think yeah. you've got to be smart about managing the minutes. And like that, Obviously, there's situations where you can let the horses go. Like, you know, if you're you've got a game and you've got like three off days after that or something like that, or mm-hmm. you're heading into Christmas break in a couple days, and like like that's fine. Like I get that. But when you start doing this in the dog days of January and February, um, you know, when guys are getting tired anyway, that's when I think my concern level goes up about how much they're playing every single night, all of these players. And how much the their work, how hard they're working 
during trudging through the regular season vis-a-vis how much they're going to have when they get to the postseason so you know of of those injuries Allmark, uh patra carlo uh which you most concerned about and just in general the injury situation what do you make of it well i think the carlo one mostly and no offense to kevin shattenkirk but he's your next right shot and and he doesn't have the range or the physicality to match up the way Carlo can against top six forwards. So unless you're going to double shift Charlie McAvoy against all top six and play him five minutes in chunks, which you're not going to do because it's not the end of a playoff game every night, all night, then you're moving a water spoon over uh, to take shifts as a left shot playing right side, which you no no coach in the 21st century likes to play that way. Right. Um, they might weave at even strength going into the uh, attacking zone to get the sticks inside for the slap shots, but, but they're always defending with a stick outside. So, so uh, this is how they play Carlo, you know, some people don't care for his game because I don't know, maybe he leaves them wanting more, you know, maybe it's a Jim Kite thing. I don't know. But I, I I look at him and say, wow, what a perfect compliment on the right side to Charlie McAvoy. Um, if he goes out, that's a devastating injury to the Bruins. And so um, I'm looking at what do you got to do? What can you do about this? And what do you have coming back? You don't have any physicality because you don't have Connor Clifton anymore. Watherspoon, come bring some of that over from the left side. Um, Will Jakob Zaboro, who still plays for the Providence Bruins, get a recall here, considering that he played some right side when he was in the NHL, even though he's left shot. So that's another thing we got to look at here and, Figure out what 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 is what are they thinking right now? What's the depth? Is there going to be a depth move? Is it worth trying to get a a guy who projects as a third pairing player because he has physical attributes that might sub in for Carlo on a short term? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know where I mean, I think they need to get a defenseman anyway. So, like, if they could go out and get a defenseman, they should. Um... But if you get Especially a where, you know, Carlo's got an injury history too, you know, like I think you should have some kind of insurance uh, in case this happens again. Well, they uh, need a left shot though. They and do. To address this. They, they, they need both. <laughs> like well, cause, I mean, like it, that's it, my point being if Carlo gets hurt, uh, you know, you need to look seriously at that. Either a left that can, you know, plays right a lot of the time or a right. Well, maybe let's get to, to the Waterspoon question then. What do you think of his game? I mean, I, you know, when you mentioned him, I did want to talk about him a little bit because I like him. I think he's been pretty good. By he played large, twenty-one, twenty-eight last night, and he came up even. And he's been and he's been playing twenty. Like he played twenty against Colorado too, I believe. Um, twenty plus. So. Like, I like him, and I think he's been okay. And I think he's, you know, a competitor, and, you know, he's not flashy, obviously, but I think he comes in and has been doing the job. So He's aggressive. Yes, that's good to see now. Um, And do I think that guy is the answer to, like, the the issues that I've had with the back end? Probably not. 
Um, but I think he's a good depth player for them. And he's certainly somebody that has stepped in and, you know, I, I think showed them something. And he certainly has earned Jim Montgomery's trust and the trust of the coaching staff. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, just watching he's the a placeholder for sure. Yeah. And just watching him go into a Carlo position, even though he's a left shot. That's where he's gonna that's where he's gonna defend. Yep. Unless they decide to play Grizz there, since Grizz has moved over in his career as well. Um, you know, that 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 that's not out of the question. But I mean, the way you are right now, um, uh, you know, you're down to two stalwarts and and now you gotta have Grizz and Watherspoon pick up the slack. So. And you've lost a guy that um, is is hard to play against. Is a good in the D zone. Is good around the net. Yeah. Um, is good on the penalty kill. When you were yeah. those were not your you know particular strengths uh, most of the season anyway. So I think that in general is also going to continue to make it problematic for them when they're trying to close out games uh, while he's out. In addition yeah, to yeah, good point because because you already don't have Forbard who's a long stick on the other side. Yep. I love that role. By the way, when was the last time we had an update on Forward? It's been a while. <laughs> I know it's an LTIR, and it's yeah. uh, you know we'll see you when we see you. Yeah, which which I wonder about. You know the fact that there's like nothing happening there, and there's no updates, and there's nothing. Um, no, this supposedly was a nagging injury from last year that they were hoping they could play his way out of, and. And then they decided that, no, this is not happening. We're going to have to go get this thing fixed the right way. And I guess that means time away from the rink. So, ugh. A lot of time away from the rink. Uh, I, I, I That may be a question to ask uh, the next time I talk to Jim Montgomery. Because I meant to do that um, the last time they were here uh, in Boston when we were at practice. And I forgot to do it. But, like, I think uh, everybody maybe should. For, maybe it's time for me to peruse the Providence Bruins defense and see uh, what we got for. Uh, it would be interesting to see Zborl up. Um, and I think, you know, it, it would be good. For him, I think to you know throw him a bone and have him come up and play some games. Uh, I just having watched him up last year with the Bruins, I don't think Jim Montgomery trusts him. Unfortunately, you know, I, I just think you know he he made a mistake behind the net uh, right before Thanksgiving against Florida last year, where he kind of froze up with the puck, uh, got it taken from him. And it turned into a goal, and it and it really changed the fortunes of that game. And he didn't play again for three or four months after that. And I think he just uh, Montgomery just did not trust him to put him in there. And once that happens, as you know, Mick, that be, that can that can become big trouble for a player if, if the coaches don't you know trust you, don't want to use you. And so now he gets stuck in Providence. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, they have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon, and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like, 
right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's, it's, it's a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to, to make meal kits, especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval. Let's go uh, to the Twitter question of the day, Mick. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, this is from Ken Richard. And and we'll go, uh, this ties into the news a little bit, that uh, A, David Posternek was named an All-Star. We'll be going to All-Star Weekend in Toronto um, coming up next month. And um, right now, Jeremy Swayman is at the uh, towards the top of the fan voting, and uh, they're going to vote in. I think it's eight skaters and four goalies to add to the team beyond what the league picked. And it looks like Swayman uh, will get in and could be a first-time All-Star based on the fan voting. He's in the top four. Just outside of the top four is Linus Ulmark. So before this injury happened, they're actually could have been a possibility that both uh Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman were named all-stars uh and both going to NHL all-star weekend and you know since you're such a historian fan of the game Mick um I would ask you do you ever remember both goalies from a goalie tandem ever being all-stars at the same time in the same season uh, I I don't I don't think that's ever happened well, in NHL history. In the, yeah, and in the tandem era, I mean, I think of the great tandems. I think of Jacquemin and Villamure in New York, Cheevers and Johnston in Boston, Cheevers and Gilbert later when Cheevers returned from the WHA. Um, um, Edmonton had Fury and Moog uh, at the same time. Uh, later, they had Fury and Ranford at the same time when Ranford was was peaking as an oiler yeah <laughs> uh, so but all-star game no it's always good it's always a guy who plays a ton of games it's a tony esposito type it's a martin broder type yep uh, you know so 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 i think you know it's too bad uh this injury is happening now when it is for that reason too because i thought it would have been re really cool and interesting if both of those goalies could have ended up making it in the fan voting and both of what would have gone to all-star weekend and it would have been, uh, you know, uh, goalie hug central um, from the NHL. They would have hyped up the goalie hugs like you wouldn't believe to have them as a part of NHL all-star weekend. And it's, I hope it can still happen, but uh, I don't know if it's going to happen now with this injury, obviously. Um, but that leads to this Twitter question or this Twitter statement, I should say. Uh, this is from Ken Richard, uh, UM5Ken on Twitter. Uh, and this was a reaction when I mentioned something about Swayman may maybe making the uh, NHL All-Star Weekend. The worst punishment a goalie can have would be to play in an NHL All-Star game. Uh, and, you know, this is true. I think Swayman would have some fun with it, but uh, those events are absolutely not made for the goaltenders, aside from 
I guess, Omark last year uh, down in Florida showing off during the uh, skills challenge, showing off his puck handling and his ability to uh, shoot pucks long, long distance down the ice. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, in general, I think Andrew Raycroft could tell a great story about that. When the NHL went on lockout in 2004, he joined what was then known as the original stars hockey league, which was a bunch of guys who didn't want to travel to Europe to play in those leagues, decided to play some, put some ice time together, play in small rinks for fans. Like barnstorming kind of thing. Well, Raycroft's in that, and the scores of the games are like 17 to 15 and you know, <laughs> crazy stuff like that. I mean, you know, coming off NHL Rookie of the Year, this was his winter until he finally said, all right, enough of this. He went to Finland, wound up being a backup, played a few games, comes back without a contract because he's RFA, him and Nick Boynton together. I remember and that. Those are the two youngest players of that era 20 years ago who were impact Bruins. When they arrived in the NHL permanently, they were impact players to a high degree. Point was really their number one defenseman. Yep. And and uh, neither guy had a contract when when uh, the Bruins decided, you know, botched their post-lockout uh, player gathering strategy <laughs> because they didn't know that the rollback that the player that the union had offered would be absorbed into the new deal by the NHL. And yep. that allowed all the Detroits and Rangers of the world to keep their players. Yep. And, and the Bruins theory was, was, was uh, scrambled. And now they're like Super Bowl Sunday and you're in the grocery store looking for stuff at six 30 at night. And that there's was, nothing on the shelves. That and, was the very, that was the very end of the Sindon uh, O'Connell era. That was like, uh, you know, the, the, one of the last chapters uh, of yeah, that. It was, it, it was, it was the beginning of the end of the OC. Uh, yeah, because now what happens is, is you've got a uh, a situation here where where OC has to tell Raycroft and Boynton, look, I want to give you contracts, but I can't do anything right now. I can't. We got a salary cap and I have to see how much money I have left. So these guys don't really have a good training camp. Their careers were never the same. Yep. They were both thrown off the rails by this in a career uh impact it was tragic both cases it was and you know it ended up happy ending for the bruins obviously with raycroft because they were able to turn that uh into tuka rask um you know and that turned into that, that turned into a deal that helped one of the deals that had helped set them up for you know the next 10 to 15 years and then um, boynton, boynton became paul mara who became aaron ward who became Derek morris who became dennis seidenberg <laughs> yes there was a there was a long a long wait for the payoff on that one but it, it eventually got there you know Shirelli uh admittedly broke a promise to Derek Morris that he wouldn't trade him when he got him and yeah. uh and uh but but he you know he wanted to make sure that Z had the right shutdown partner yep and that helped them uh win the cup um uh, no they see his history that was the that was the turning one of the turning points in that Stanley Cup run was Chara and uh, and Seidenberg getting together as a pairing. Um, Mick, anything else on your mind uh, as you've watched this team in the last uh, week or so uh, that you want to throw out there? Anything you've observed? Anything of interest? Uh, aside from, I would just say it's nice um, over the last stretch of a few games. Um, 
And it's interesting they're starting to get into a rhythm of like rotating guys on the fourth line and having a bunch of pieces that they're, are coming in and out. Uh, but this is actually the first time I've really seen Jesper Boquist. The la- and I'm not just saying this because he scored a goal last night. I felt like the last few times he had played, mm. uh, you noticed him. He'd been an impactful player. Uh, he looked like a good fit in the fourth line. He looks like it's finally taking for him uh, with the Bruins in this latest stint for them. Tremendous speed. But now, you know, unlike the very beginning of the season, he's putting it to use. He's become a good disruptor. He's using his speed to break up for, you know, to forecheck, to uh, to interrupt, to disrupt flow of other teams. He's he's um, he's going to get a pro game uh, assembled there. Nice to see the puck go in for him. So now, you know, he feels like he's playing both sides and 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 he's uh, contributing. So good for him. Um, it adds another player that they that they had put value to in the off season. Decided, hey, let's check this guy out. And um, right now, uh, from what looked like, well, I don't know why they bought it again now, you know, to suddenly he's probably the best of that bunch. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I want more, more geeky, more Freddy. I want to see more minutes from those guys. Um, when you, we started out by talking about how uh, the minutes are, are going up crazy high. Yep. Pasta. Geeky is the second leading scorer, Mick, on the Bruins this month. Right behind Pasternak. Like, I I agree. And he only played like 13 or 14 minutes last night. I agree. 13, 49. Yeah. And and that includes 342 on the power play. Doesn't kill penalties. Yep. So he is playing 10 minutes at even strength in this hockey game. Why? Yep. Why aren't we seeing more geeky? Yep. I agree. I think that's a good point. And I, I was surprised actually when I looked at the minutes because he finished with two assists last night. Um, I, I'm heavily involved in, in some good plays for the Bruins. I thought he played well. Uh, you know, I, I didn't see any injury issues while he wasn't playing. So, like, I, I think 13 minutes in an overtime game, 13 plus minutes just isn't enough uh, ice time for him, especially if he's playing in a prominent role where, you know, he's centering a, a couple of big-time players and or he's centering, you know, in a top-six fashion. He should be playing a little bit more. But, I, you know, it, it's... Freddie, Freddie played 14-14, 42 seconds, of which was shorthanded. So... You're talking about Freddie? Yeah, now I'm going... Yeah, he was also in the box. He's got, like, 13 and a half. He was so, also... He was in the box for five minutes, though. So that, that probably factored into it a little bit for him. Yeah, but, I mean, but, you know, 14-14, I mean, you know... I, I like to see him more on 17. Um, geeky, I don't get I don't get 10 minutes a game of even strength. I don't get that one. I want more more geeky, please. <laughs> more geeky, maybe a little less uh pasta. Not uh, you don't have to play him 27 minutes. I don't want pasta to get tired mentally. No. When it's time to win the game. Yeah. No, and, and I don't put it this way, I don't want them to be paying a price. In April and May, uh, you know, price coming due in April and May for stuff that they did in January and February to grind out a point in Mullet Arena on a Tuesday night in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't feel like getting that point last night was of th- that vital importance that you're going to. I just think in general, he need uh, Montgomery, Jim Montgomery needs to, like, find a way to trust the fourth line to play that more. 
you know, well, it's false making you wonder also if if uh, if some of this is um, driven by their cap hits. Well, oh, the, mean, the amount of money they're making, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, maybe, but that's I mean, not the correlation not gonna is them, on that's a, not going to help them come playoff time. The correlation is unavoidable. Yeah, but, but it also it makes you wonder, you know, how many voices are in the room and saying what. Yeah. Yep. But in general, I would like to see um, others playing more minutes to take the load off of uh, some of the players that are playing too much right now. And it's, I think it's more difficult to do on the back end right now because of the circumstance, because of Carlo getting injured. But I think up front, I I think you should not be playing Martian and Pasternak over 20 minutes every single night. Uh, you know, and especially you shouldn't be getting up into the 25, 27 range uh, with Pasternak in any of these situations. Half the game you get Pasternak on right wing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's asking for a that little much. Maybe, you know, maybe he was out the there the entire overtime. Like, who knows? But uh, um, Mick, thank you very much for playing hurt today. Mick's got a little bit of a, um, a thinking of playing, thinking of playing hurt. I just want to say that, and I didn't get this out earlier, but Linus. When he went down, the first thing I thought of was the injury at the end of the regular season last year. Yeah. I thought it was the same one. Could I'm be. wondering if it's the same one. And I'm wondering if this is going to haunt him through his career. If this Because it looked like he was like, the puck's going right, the puck's going left. No, it's going right. And it's like in the midst of all of that, as he's going into the A, there's yep. an internal strain somewhere up there that that there's something that got ripped up. And uh, this time it seemed worse. So I expect this not to be, oh, day to day. And, oh, yeah. here we go again, like the playoffs. No, I think this is going to be, he's going to be out here. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, he should be if if they need him to rest. And I think goaltending, like I said before, I think that's a situation or an area where they can afford the injury. They're going to miss him, obviously. But I think it allows them an opportunity to look at Swayman in a little bit of a different uh, perspective and a little bit of a different role and, and make some evaluations, you know, contract time is coming up for him. Uh, there were, there had been some hubbub about a potential extension coming for him, um, you know, at some point during the season. And I think this just allows the Bruins to get more information and to get a better read on how he would react Um to having a, a much bigger workload and, and being more of a traditional number one. I think he's ready for it. And I think he could run with the ball if it's given to him. And I think this could be the last sort of push for him to really sort of take over this situation a little bit more and, and, and have more ownership of it, um, you know, next season and beyond. And I think that's a good thing. Like, I think this creates an opportunity for him where he could really flourish and, and it could turn into what I've talked a lot about is with him is hoping he gets a chance to be, you know, the starting goalie game, one of the playoffs. Cause I think he's starting to earn it with the things that he's doing and the way that he's playing and also being uh, voted into NHL all-star weekend would play into that as well. I think his uh, the respect that he's getting around the league that he's getting from fans, his profile, all this stuff is going up. And I think this might be a stretch here where he could, earn some of that more himself by the way that he plays but that we will talk and uh, closely track over the next few weeks we'll see how the Bruins do with these injuries uh, I want to thank Mick for joining us today playing hurt as I said always appreciated I also want to thank our sponsors 
Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the uh, NFL playoffs are coming soon. Playoffs. Uh, No Patriots, though. Uh, Let's also thank Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Fresh, never frozen meals, ready in two minutes. You just pop them in the micro, leave the plastic on. Uh, The steam uh, does the rest. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off of your first box. Mick Collagio, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better, my friend. I am. Uh, thank you very much. Very good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you at the ring.